0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God literally gave them light in the pillar of fire, and that lampstand, it reminded them. Those lampstands reminded them of God's presence with them in the wilderness. Those lampstands were also uh, also represented the fact that God would one day in the future send his Messiah who would also bring light once again to the children of Israel.
0: Our God doesn't want us wandering around the wilderness without light, just as He did for Israel as they made their journey through the desert, where He placed a literal pillar of fire in their path to guide them. He'll provide guidance for you when you trust in Him. As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, Christ is the source of that light for us. When He ascended to heaven, Jesus promised to send a comforter and guide in his place. That Holy Spirit is just as available for you and I. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one, and yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, And the father who sent me bears witness of me. Then they said to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know, neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no one laid hands on him for his hour had not yet come. Then Jesus said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me. And will die in your sin. Where I go you cannot come. So the Jews said. Will he kill himself? Because he says where I go you cannot come. And he said to them. You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he. You will die in your sins. Then they said to him. Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things and he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. So in chapter eight, uh, Jesus gets into a series of confrontations uh, with the religious leaders of the Jewish people. And these confrontations, uh, escalate, they get very heated uh, to the point that the religious leaders begin to uh, insult Jesus and even call him a racial slur, as we're going to see in our study next week. The context of this passage is the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem at the temple. The Feast of Tabernacles was one of the three main feasts or celebrations of the Jewish people. Uh, the Feast of Tabernacles was the biggest celebration for the Jewish people all year. Uh, and it takes place there at the, in Jerusalem, as I said, and it commemorated God's faithful provision for the Israelites during their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness under Moses. Uh, and during the Feast of Tabernacles, there were two ceremonies in particular that the Jewish people observed on each of the eight days of the feast and Jesus used those two ceremonies to declare his identity as God. He used those two ceremonies as, uh, as a visual illustration and as a teachable moment to declare to the people who he is. Uh, we looked at the first ceremony in chapter 7 with the, uh, the water ceremony, the pouring out of the water at the temple. You may remember that. Jesus in that ceremony back in chapter 7 that's when he declared, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he said this to mean that he is the source of living water. And in the Old Testament, Jehovah is the source of, of living water. Uh, if, you missed, if you missed our study in John 7, it's on our website. You can go there and listen to it. Uh, And so now, in chapter 8, we come to this second ceremony. And this second ceremony uh, is the lighting of the lampstands in the temple. It's also called the illumination of the temple. And what they would do is in the temple, in the court of the women, where the treasury was located, and we're told in verse 20 that Jesus is in the treasury, so he's in that court, Uh, they have these four... Ginormous lampstands there, and every night of the feast of Tabernacles, they would light these lampstands. Uh, these lampstands were, were about seventy-five feet high, uh, and every night a guy would climb up a ladder and set these lampstands on fire, light them up. These four huge lampstands, and they would uh, they would illuminate the whole city of Jerusalem. Uh, the light was so bright uh, every. Every building in Jerusalem was illuminated by the light of these four lampstands. There's even one writing that we have from that time. It's exaggerated, but it gives you an idea. It says that you could see the light of the lampstands all the way up in Galilee. They were so bright, which is not possible, but uh, that gives you the idea. So the whole city would be illuminated by these four lampstands that were lit in the court of the temple. And these lampstands would burn all night uh, into the morning. And and remember, you know, there's no electricity. Uh, So these were like the only source of light in the city and all of the city was illuminated by these lights. And they they only lit these during the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, They were there all the time, all year, but they would only light them during each night of the Feast of Tabernacles. They would burn all night and they would illuminate the city. And these four lampstands, They represented the pillar of fire that guided the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. Remember that? And the pillar of fire that guided the children of Israel, that provided light for the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness under Moses. Uh, That pillar of fire was a visual manifestation of God's presence with Israel. God was present with them in the form of that pillar of fire, giving them light. Their light source was God. Um, Just to share a verse with you, you don't have to turn there, but Psalm 118, verse 27, it says, God is the Lord, and he gives us light. And when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God literally gave them light in the pillar of fire. And that lampstand, it reminded them, those lampstands reminded them of God's presence with them in the wilderness. Those lampstands were also, uh, also represented the fact that God would one day in the future send his Messiah, who would also bring light once again to the children of Israel. So that lampstand looked back to God's presence with Israel in the pillar of fire, in the wilderness, but it looked ahead to when the Messiah would come. And the Messiah would once again bring light to the children of Israel, to God's people. His light will come into the world again. And I'll share some verses with you that speak of that. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. Again, these are verses about the Messiah. They're messianic passages. Uh, It says, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, in Galilee, of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. There it says this light, and it's, and it's a re- reference to the Messiah, it will shine in Galilee of the Gentiles. When the Messiah comes, he's going to come to Galilee, and his light will shine in Galilee. Uh, Isaiah 42 Another one, Isaiah 42, verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. So this is the Lord God speaking to the Messiah. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold, you, hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. The Messiah will, be, will come to Galilee and he will be a light to the Gentiles. How many of you are Gentiles? How many of you are non-Jews? Most of us here, if not all of us here. So the Messiah, when he comes, he's going to be a light to the Gentiles. Isaiah 49, uh, verse 6. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. The Messiah will be a light to the Gentiles, and he will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Uh, One more for us, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. In the Jewish mind, for those that are there in the temple that morning when Jesus shows up, in the Jewish mind, the lampstands were a physical reminder of the fact that God was present with them in the wilderness. And and it was a reminder that God would one day send his Messiah who will once again bring light to the children of Israel. Okay, is everybody with me on that? So that's the context now of verse 12. Look at verse 12 in John chapter 8. That's the context when Jesus, who's there in the court of the women, where those lampstands stood, when he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus declared he is the light. He is the light. He is the manifestation of God. He is the Messiah who was to come and bring light to God's people. Now, we want Jesus to make a a very clear, unmistakable statement about his deity. We want want Jesus to say something as simple as, I am God, or I am God, and here's five proofs that I am God. We want Jesus to tell us he's God in a way that we understand in 21st century Western culture. But Jesus isn't living in 21st century Western culture. He's living in the first century in a Jewish culture. And so he communicates to that crowd in a way that they understood what he was saying. They understood that he was declaring that he is God, that he's he's God incarnate, that he is God with them in their presence, in a way that made sense to them. That crowd in the temple understood what Jesus meant by the statement in verse 12. He's the God of the Old Testament. He's Jehovah. He is the one that was present with Israel in the wilderness as a pillar of fire. I am the light of the world. Now this this is, uh, if you're a note taker, this is the second I am statement that Jesus made in the Gospel of John. And we've talked about this before, but remember the I am is the Old Testament covenant name of God from Exodus chapter 3. When God called Moses to lead the children of Israel, to go back to Egypt and lead the children of Israel out of their bondage to set them free. Moses said to God, well, what if they ask me your name? <laughs> what should I tell them? And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God said, tell them I am that I am. Tell them that I am sent you. I am is that Old Testament covenant name for God. And, and it, it, it means that God is, is self-existent, that he's eternal. He's always existed." That's why his name is in the present tense. That's why it's I am, because he has always existed and always will exist, and he doesn't change. Uh, His name is not I was. He's not a a past tense, God, and it's not uh, I will be. It's I am. He's always present tense because he's eternal. He he has no past. He has no, you know, he's just present tense with God. And Jesus here, he used that Old Testament name for God in verse 12, I am. And he applies it to himself. And by doing this, he is claiming to be God. He's claiming to be the self-existent God. And he's going to use the name again down in verse 24. Look down in verse 24. He says, therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that. I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, you notice in your Bible that the word he is in italics. Do You guys see that in your Bible? That means that it's not in the original, that the English translators added that word, and that's why they put it in italics. And so, if you read it again without that word, therefore I say to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am... You will die in your sins. That's the Old Testament name for God. Uh, Look down in verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am. You see the word he is in italics again. So there he says, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am. He's declaring his deity there. Uh, Look over in verse 58 at the end of the chapter. This one's really clear. Verse 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He's declaring his deity. He's saying that he's the God of the Old Testament. That he's the Old Testament covenant God, I am. In fact, look at the next verse. Look at verse 59. After Jesus made this statement, before Abraham was, I am, then they took up stones to throw at him. They want to kill him. Why? For blasphemy. For, for stating that he's God. For declaring that he's God. Uh, in fact, turn over to chapter 10. Chapter 10, just, just one page to the right. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, Jesus says, I and my father are one. Again, that's a statement of deity. He's saying, I'm God. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father, for which of those works do you stone me? Verse 33, The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. With his I am statements, Jesus is declaring he is God, and the audience understood he was claiming deity. And so verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Now, let's, let's just kind of dig a little bit deeper into uh, verse 12, now that we kind of understand the context. If you remember at the beginning of chapter 8, uh, chapter 8 began with Jesus going into the temple early in the morning, probably before sunrise, probably while those lampstands were still burning bright. Uh, again, he's he's in the court of the women at the treasury where those lampstands stood. Uh, verse 1 tells us that Jesus began to teach in the treasury. He sat down and began to teach the crowd that was gathered there around him in the treasury. And as he was teaching, he was interrupted. Do you remember this from last week? Uh, he was interrupted by the religious leaders who brought a woman they had caught in the act of adultery. And they brought this woman in. And they placed her right in the middle of the crowd that Jesus was teaching, interrupted his teaching. And Jesus has this exchange with those religious leaders. Then the religious leaders left one by one. And then Jesus sent the woman away saying, go and send no more. And then he turned back to the crowd and began teaching them again. Look at verse 12 again. Verse 12 says, then Jesus spoke to them again. Jesus didn't miss a beat here. You know, he's, he's in the middle of teaching. He gets interrupted. Uh, and, and then he deals with those religious leaders. He sends the woman away. And then he turns right back to the crowd and says, as I was saying, you know, it just goes, rolls right with it. He doesn't miss a beat at all. He's not, he's not uh, thrown off by this unexpected interruption or by this confrontation that he has with the religious leaders. The Bible says to us that the fruit of the Spirit includes peace. Peace. As we walk in the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, we have the peace of God. We've got a peace that passes all understanding. And it's a peace that will keep us from getting derailed by an unexpected interruption in our day. Are derailed by some issue that comes up in the middle of the day. We're able to take those things in stride because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so Jesus, he turns back to the crowd. He says, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He's the light of the world. Now, the Gospel of John likes to talk about light a lot. Uh, 24 times in this gospel, John mentions light. Uh, We've seen in earlier chapters, in John chapter 1 uh, and John chapter 3, light came into the world, right? Speaking of Jesus. Jesus is the light. And look at the promise that Jesus makes here in verse 12. He says, He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. It's a promise. It's a definite promise. You shall not walk in darkness.
2: He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal.
0: If you missed any part of today's message, or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at CalvaryEC.com. Just click on Media fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program, that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you that they would be protected from the enemy, and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John, or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.